Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Luke. I read these words that we have in our text of Luke chapter 8. And as I prayed, Lord, what would you have me bring before your sheep this morning on these words? I thought of this. Mark chapter 7, verse 37. He hath done all things well. Does that give you comfort? Does that not bless the heart of one who knows our condition before God, knows our inability to do anything well, that there is one who does all things well? He hath done all things well. It doesn't seem like that sometimes, does it? Is there, is there not a time in your life where something's going along and, and you just feel the Lord's not close to you? You know? I know all I know all the truths. I, I know the truth of who God is. I know the truth of as God the Lord Jesus laid down his life, shed his blood for me. I know the truth that if it wasn't for his love for me, I wouldn't love him. But today it just doesn't seem that he's with me. Have you ever felt like that? It comes more than we wished it would, don't doesn't it, Roger? I can think of those who have to watch their family members suffer in pain. What a, what, a, what a terrible thing that must be to go through. And the closest I've come to it is to see my brother lose his son. What, what a terrible thing that was for me to, to see the pain that my brother and his wife went through losing their son. I can imagine in those times of desperation or, or, or desperation about sin, what if sin, what if there's something, what if you have a sin that's in your life right now that's besetting you? What if something in your life right now, you're, you're praying, Lord, if you would just hear me, please, please remove this from my heart. Please take this out of my life. And he hasn't answered you yet. What a feeling of desperation that can be. We began a section of scripture last week in Luke chapter 8. We began there at verse 41. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him. Here we see a man who has power. A man who is a ruler of a synagogue. He's, he's got the authority to call whatever doctors may be available. In those days, the rulers of the synagogue, they had the power of the church behind them. The power of the congregation, all of the tithing that went into the church was at the hands of those who ran the church. He could have called anybody. He could have called doctors from afar. Yet he ran to who? He ran to the Lord Jesus. A ruler. A religious ruler. He wasn't just a ruler like some Roman ruler. He was a religious ruler. In order to be a ruler of the of the religious, you had to you had to have an outward appearance of following the law. 
And yet this one who taught others fell at the one, fell at the feet of the one who teaches the hearts of men. And it says, and besought him that he would come into his house. Will you please come to my house? I'm desperate. I have a desperate situation. Verse 42, for he had only one daughter about 12 years of age. You remember when your kids were 12? They were just, they were just at that point where they weren't quite old enough to say, I'm doing it my way. They were just at that point where they, they listened a little bit to what you had to say. Weren't quite as precious as babies, but pretty darn close. He had only one daughter, 12 years of age, and she was laying, she lay a dime. She wasn't just sick. She was going to die. But as he went, the people thronged him. Now listen to this. Here's this man who heard about Jesus. A ruler who had heard about the Lord Jesus and his only hope was to go to the one who had been saving people all around the country. All around the countryside. Word had gone out that Christ was healing people of this and healing people of that. The blind would see that the lame would walk. The deaf would hear. I've heard about this one. I'm going to him. I believe he can help me. And all these people had come around him and was following him, the throng about him. It says in verse 43, and we took a close look at this, but I need to bring this into today's message because there's an important part that we did not look at last week. It says that a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him, came behind Christ, and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood sunk. means it was dried up. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all had denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng me. Now remember, Jairus is watching this. I want you to understand. I want, to get, I want you to grasp a hold of this man who is heartbroken, who is under massive stress of this daughter that he loves so much is dying, and here he comes to the Lord. Come to my house quickly. Come now. Don't wait. I can imagine what's going on in this man's mind. What what's going on here? What are we stopping for? Going on in verse 46. And Jesus said, Somebody had touched me, for I perceived that the virtue had gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared unto him all before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she had healed, how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be good, good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Now that was last week. Look at this next verse. Verse 49. While he yet spake, while the Lord Jesus was speaking to her, there cometh one 
from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not thy master. Do you think, is it possible this poor man thought in his mind, oh, maybe if we hadn't stopped, maybe we could have got there in time. Was his prayer answered the way he wanted it to be answered? I want you to grasp a hold of this, folks, because this is you and I. Our prayers, even in desperation, are not always answered the way we want them to be answered. Lord, help me with this sin that I have within me. Maybe it's not time for him to help you yet. I'm telling you here today, our Lord doeth all things well. And if that means leaving you in your desperation for a moment, well, praise God. I think of the two elderly folks that I love so much for the last year telling me every day, I'm just waiting for the Lord to come. Come today, Lord. Come now. Come, come quickly. Take me now. I can't stand what I'm seeing in the world around me. can't stand what I'm seeing in those who I love so much that, that care nothing for you, Lord. All the things that trouble us. The sin that is within us. And maybe the Lord hasn't answered that prayer yet. Maybe today is the day for Judy. Maybe that prayer is not to be answered yet. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Now listen to the Lord's response. He's talking to you and I. When you think the Lord is not answering your prayer, when you think the Lord is not hearing your prayer, because he's not answering it the way you want it answered, Listen to these words. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not. Believe only. And she shall be made whole. Believe. Fear not. Believe only. Let's finish this chapter. And then I want to jump over to John chapter 11. And when he had come into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father of the mother of the maiden and the mother of the maiden. And all wept, bewailed. But he said, Weep not; she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straight away, and he commanded to give her meat, and her parents were astonished. But he charged them to, they should tell no man what was done. Now turn over to John chapter 11. These two incidences we have here, if you don't mind me calling that, or mingled together for our learning. They're brought together as one story. 
for our admonition that we may learn from him and that we might grow in grace and in trusting our Savior. Can we not imagine what a great trial it must have been for Jairus, Jairus's faith to see the Lord Jesus stopped by that woman? What fears must have risen in his heart? And then those fears came to reality when he was told that she had passed. Lord, teach us to trust in you as this man Jairus did. Even though he was stopped, he continued to keep his mouth closed. He did not speak up against the Lord. Come now, don't spend any time with that woman. Come with us now, go to my house now. He did not do any of those things. He stood silent. Lord, teach us to trust you as this man Jairus. While he yet spoke, there cometh one from the ruler's house. This is, this is our text that we're looking at back there. Saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead, but the master said, Trouble, or, but, the, but Jesus heard and he answered and said, Saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. If we were to be saved, our Lord says, believe only. If we would honor God, His command to you and I is to only believe. If we would see the Lord God work, He says, only believe. If we would see the glory of God, we must only believe. In John chapter 11, verse 40, we read these words, If thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. In all of our exercises of faith, if the Lord seems to give no gracious answer to prayer, if and so he also he might bring us into trials when our hearts appear cold and dead and our spirits languish, let us remember Jairus and look still to our blessed Savior. He hath done all things well. It is one thing to trust the Son of God when things appear hopeful, but it is something else to trust Him when everything else seems to be hopeless. If God has given one the gift of faith, they will believe. The strength of their faith may vary at times. It may be a time of weakness in faith or it might be a time of strength, but we still believe. True faith is a gift of God that can never be extinguished. Now, I want you to catch that and grasp a hold of that. Wait a minute, John. My faith has been so weak, I, I don't even know if I have it. If God has given you true faith, you can never extinguish it. It will always be there. That's His Word. Once God has given life to a spirit that was once dead, and that's the spirit that has faith in Him. It cannot die. You say, oh yeah? Listen to the words of John 11, verse 25 through 26. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. 
here in John 11, we have a story that you and I have seen many times over the years, haven't we? We haven't looked at it personally together in quite a while, though I refer to Lazarus over and over again. And I want to look at it today because there's some words in here that I had forgotten our Savior had included in, in the story of saving Lazarus. It's not just Lazarus come forth. It's not just the power of God calling His people out of darkness. There's a reason for these things that God did it in front of everybody. Now I am fully aware fully aware and so are you if you are the called if you are the church those who are called of God that our faith does not save us our faith is a product of the one who saved us it's a product of the Lord Jesus we believe on him because he has given us the gift to believe his word. And we know that. We know there was a day when we all walked in darkness and loved that darkness we walked in. And it wasn't until God in his grace and mercy shined the light, his son, in a living heart. When he had taken that old stony heart that shook its fist at him, and we're going to see that in a stone that was removed, and said, I will not have that one to rule over me. It took his mighty hand, the power of God, to give us a new heart, the new birth, with a heart that says, I love you because you first loved me. And you are God. You are my God. You are my Lord. Thank you. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. It's not your faith, folks. It's not the strength of your faith. It's not how much faith you have at this particular moment or another. It's who your faith is in. Yeah. That's our strength. It's in Him. We believe and trust Him. That's what faith is. It's having trust in the one who's in what he says is true. Here in the book of John, beginning at chapter 11, verse 1, now a certain man, not that just bless your heart? God chose somebody here. A certain one. A certain man was sick. This one person he, he, I'm not saying he only saved one person. He may have saved, he, well, we know he saved others at, at different times. But this particular time, he's talking about one guy. One man. I'm going to show you that this is the one who I, am, who I particularly love. And we'll see that in a moment. This certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus. You think he was the only one sick in those days? He was the only man at this moment in time that God was going to save. 
He was Lazarus. And just to be sure that you know who he's talking about, he's of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. You remember those two? <coughs> Mary, it, verse 2, it was, Mary, it, was, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with the ointment and wiped his feet and her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So, so just to be sure you know which Lazarus he's talking about, it's Mary's brother. That's how particular he wants you to see. That's, that's this certain person that he wants you to see. There was a certain man who was put in a position where he came to this church one day wanting to cry on his brother's shoulder and the Lord brought him here that he would hear the gospel. That's the certain man that he's talking about right here. Those that he has loved from before the world was. Those that he has loved who were written, their names have been written on his breastplate before anything was ever created. Verse 3, Therefore his sisters sent unto Christ, sent unto the Lord, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. This one that you love, Lord, this one whose name was written on your breastplate, he's sick. John Reeves was sick. He was blind. He couldn't walk straight. He couldn't hear the Word of God. He's sick. He's dying. And when Jesus heard that, He said this. Now listen. This is... Take this into consideration with what we saw a moment ago, how desperate Jairus must have been when his daughter was sick and how the Lord didn't answer his prayer the way he thought he should. It didn't come to Jairus the way he had hoped maybe it would. This sickness is not unto death, but... For the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. How do you know? How do you know that the Lord's not glorifying himself by keeping Judy here in this world today? How do you know the Lord may not be glorifying himself by keeping me here today? How do you know he may not be glorifying himself by keeping you? Verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and when he had heard therefore that he was sick, take note. What did he do? What did he do to Jairus? He stopped on the road and dealt with a woman who had an issue of blood. Here he abode Two days still in the same place where he was. He didn't even bother to, to get up and start making his way. Remember, this is all to glorify our Savior. Do you know that everything that happens, including the wickedness of this world, including that, will glorify our Lord? His glory is in His Son. What was His Son sent to do? His Son was sent to glorify the Father by redeeming a people unto Himself. Even the wickedness 
Those two towers that came down, oh, what a wicked thing that was. Absolutely, I'm not trying to make any light of that. All those people that died, but I'm telling you here today, when we get to heaven, we will see the glory of God in everything that has happened on this earth and throughout every ounce of time. Verse 7, Then after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go unto Judea again. Okay, so he's waited two days, and now, you know what, let's go on over to Judea. Well, wait a minute, Lord, what about this over here? His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late, you don't want to go over there. They sought to stone me, and they go out thither again. You're going to go back over there instead of, well, what about Lazarus? Jesus answered, are they not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. That's a subject we can talk about another time, so let's go on with verse 11. These things saith he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of the sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus saith unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Did you catch that? See how the Lord teaches us to believe? He's got to first teach us not to trust in the flesh that we walk in. It's trusting in Him. In all things. Good and bad. Answering prayers and withholding answers. Nevertheless, let us go unto Him. Okay, now it's time. I did that so that you would believe that you would believe what you are about to see. Now it's time. Let's go. Verse 16, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. This is another subject that we uh, may account uh, another time. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had slain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, Yet shall he live. Folks, when 
God comes to his people. When the Lord comes to his people under the preaching of the gospel and gives you life, you can't lose it. And with that life comes belief, the gift of faith. We may think we lose it. We may go through this world and the things that we see with, this, with these eyes may flare up against us just like the waters. Remember in the ship? Remember when the Lord went to cross over to the other side of the sea and they got in the ship and the Lord went down into the belly of the ship and went to sleep and the waves were crashing over the edge of the ship? Are the waves crashing over your ship today? Trust in Christ. First thing he said to him when they came to him and said, Lord, do you care? Have you ever said that? Lord, do you care? What, what, what about me, Lord? I'm in pain. I'm troubled. The, the waves are crashing over my little boat. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> and he calmed the storm. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this, it says? Do you believe? She said, Lord, I believe. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should have come, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly saying, The Master has come and calleth for thee. And as soon as she, Mary, had heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him, the Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, they rose that she rose up early, hastily, and went out and followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. She didn't have the the, the great Faith that Jairus had at that moment, did she? She came and blamed the Lord. Lord, if you just talk to me for a minute, if you just let me know, if you just give me a sign, well, maybe he's not intended for your good to give you a sign. John. really comes down to this. Do we believe that he doeth all things well? If you believe he's God, then you do believe that he has all things well, because he can't do anything not well. Even what you and I think are unanswered prayers, it's for our good. And he's doing it well right now. I'll bet some of you are sitting here right now saying, John, where was that message three months ago when I needed to hear it? 
I'll tell you where it is. It's right here today because today is the day the Lord wants it set. I want to drop down to 39. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For he hath been dead for four days. And the Lord saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Now listen to this. Read along with me. Absorb what our Lord is saying to you and I. And verse 42. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it. He said it for us. He said that so that you and I would hear these truths and believe. Faith, belief, cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He said it. He said it that for those which stand by, He said it that they may believe that Thou hast sent Me. Oh. Isn't that glorious? Isn't that just bless your heart? Because we know that we don't have that if it wasn't for His grace, we wouldn't believe. We'd still be wandering in the world trying to save ourselves by what we do with our own foolish works. Or not even trying to save ourselves because we don't even know we're lost. We don't even know we need saving. We don't need a doctor. We don't need a physician. But because of His grace, we have been brought to know this. And because of His Word, we have desired to see in His Word. He has taught you and I to believe. Belief doesn't save us. We're saved because of Him who gives us that belief, who blesses us with that gift. We started the, the, the praise the Savior. That was our opening hymn. That's what we're doing here right now. We're praising Him for giving us the ability to believe His Word, to trusting Him. And it's all His work. It's all His glory. And to prove that this was all set up for you and I, that we would believe Him who He is, that He is able to raise us from the dead, through the shedding of His blood, through dying in our place, where we deserve to die, He has the authority. We looked at this Friday night. People were amazed because it, it, God speaks with authority. Well, duh. <laughs> He's God. And because He has redeemed us, because He laid His life down, because He shed His blood for us, 
Because he took our place in death. We are raised in him. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And look at the results. And he that was dead came forth. <laughs> uh, you think Lazarus knew he was dead? You think Jonah knew he was dead in the fish's belly? Oh, you know they did. You know it. And the dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Picture that. That's not Jesus Christ offering you salvation if you'll come to Him. He's calling with power. And when you call with power, things happen. Even bound in His grave clothes, He came forth. Look what it says next. Loose Him and let Him go, the Lord said. Now we know the rest of the story there. With regard to our own selves, when we most feel and know our own weaknesses before God, we know the depravity of our hearts and the corruption of our souls when we feel utterly dead before Him. It is a good thing to have the sentence of death in ourselves. What is that? It's good to know that what we deserve, like that beggar, like that publican over in the corner beating on his chest, crying out, Lord, have mercy on me, is because he knows there is nothing worthy but death. He has nothing, he has done nothing worthy of anything but death. You and I know that, don't we? By God's grace, we've been taught. There is nothing in us of any worthiness in God's eyes outside of His Son, the Lord Jesus. The sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raiseth the dead that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 Paul writing to the Philippians writes this in chapter 3 finally brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same things unto you to me indeed is not grievous for you, but for you it is safe beware of dogs Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Praise, praise the Lord and have no confidence in the flesh. I hope and pray the Lord used His Word today Use His Word to speak to your hearts and give you comfort. If it seems like He's not answering your prayers, and I know 
I know some of you who may feel that way right now. Lord, I can't do this. You're not listening to me. You're not hearing me. Patience. Keep looking to Christ. Keep turning to God. He doeth all things well. In such times, let us rejoice to trust Him who speaks to our hearts that we might, as Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1.31, that we might, according as it is written, glory in the Lord. Amen.